the long-term strategy with my books is to get it into retail, to change lives, to have people pick them up, to enjoy the cover, the smell of the paper, to create a book that's like an art form. And if that's my long-term strategy, then I can kind of talk about, well, why are we so obsessed with the bestseller? So we'll see if media isn't interesting on that and they tell me no, then you know what I could do is I could also write it as a blog post on my own blog to create SEO and probably attract a client. Hey friends, I'm Gloria Chow, small business PR expert, award-winning pitch writer, and your unofficial hype woman. Nothing makes me happier than seeing people get the recognition they deserve. And that starts with feeling more confident to go bigger with your message. So on this podcast, I will share with you the untraditional yet proven strategies for PR, marketing, and creating more opportunity in your business. If you are ready to take control of your narrative and be your most unapologetic and confident self, you're in the right place. This is the Small Business PR Podcast. What's up, everyone? I'm so excited for this week's episode of the Small Business PR Podcast. We have a very special female entrepreneur and mother who is joining us. Her name is Angela Engel. She's incredible because she has over 20 years of experience in the book book publishing space. And what she's doing now is elevating the voices of independent authors. And she's going to share with us today how she's been able to not only do that, but also get uh, get her authors and get herself in the media to share her story. So welcome to the show, Angela. Hi, it's good to be here, Gloria. So you've been on so many podcasts, you've been on uh, Publishers Weekly, you've talked about so many different um, facets of your life, not just what you do. So can you just share with us really quickly, like all the different media opportunities that you've landed for yourself? Yeah, um, you know, definitely industry um, media, which is Publishers Weekly, uh, and tons of reviews, whether that's been in Library Journal or Kirkus Review, um, shelf, you know, we, we work with shelf awareness, we work with all different types of industry um, magazines. And we've been able to land, for example, shelf awareness ran a uh, blog article, what my marketing manager wrote on LGBTQAI bookstores across the country during she wrote this beautiful piece and just sent it to our industry. And they were like, wow, we'd love to rerun this kind of highlighting these bookstores across America. So we've been able to kind of do stuff like that, as well as um, from a mainstream perspective, we recently, I recently got in Business Insider, which is exciting. Um, Thank you as well. And I've been, our books have been seen in Real Simple uh, Magazine and Parents. Uh, I, I wrote actually, I think after taking your course, um, a great op- opinion piece. I'm a mom and a publisher for Parents uh, Magazine. And that was really a gift uh, to be able to write that for them. And sort of from a mother pr- perspective and a publisher perspective, what I look for in children's books. Um, so that was really fun. So I've been able to kind of write a lot of different things and been seen both in the mainstream media as well as industry. I mean, that is absolutely fantastic. I think a lot of times founders, when they're approaching PR, they think they have to pitch with their expertise, their actual, you know, specific industry, but you've been able to carve a story for yourself outside of just being a book publisher. So can you talk to me a little bit about kind of the mindset shift that you had to make in order to talk, you know, on topics that are more maybe relevant and resonating to you, such as motherhood or entrepreneurship and how you were able to pitch those stories? Yeah, it's it's funny. Today, actually, I was on a Zoom call with a prospect client and kind of 
laughing how like everyone now is an entrepreneur versus a small business owner. My husband and I are both business owners and he runs an accounting firm for the last 15 years. And he would never think of himself as an entrepreneur, would think of himself as a business owner, right? I have an accounting firm, I'm a business owner. And so to shift this mindset for me to be like, wow, I've really launched and I'm an entrepreneur, essentially. Um, and I do not like the word nor never want the word I've been asked this mompreneur. And I, I feel that's really degrading. Uh, because we never say dadpreneur, right? Uh, for some a, a male. So I really say I've been asked that a lot lately about from a from a media perspective. So I really take my motherhood seriously. And I always say, I can't divide myself, right? I'm a mother, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, have a partner. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a wife, but I'm also like a business owner and have had 20 plus years with a career. And so I'm very clear with that. I happen to be, my gender happens to be a woman. And yet, um, I don't, I'm not, and I'm, I'm very specific that as I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, not a mompreneur. Yeah, I love that. I, I learned something new as well because I never really thought about it that way. I think you're right that, wow, like there's, if we don't normalize, if we don't say dadpreneur, why are we saying mompreneur? So thank you for that. Um, you said, you mentioned that you've had, you've written two op-ed pieces for Publishers Weekly, obviously lots of podcasts. For a lot of the listeners out there, can you explain to them what is an op-ed? Who are they for? How do you pitch it? And why are they valuable? Yeah. So the first one I wrote was an op-ed sort of why publisher partnership publishing and but but I had to pitch it in a way like what would that mean to my industry so I pitched this concept of like what is the solution in partnership publishing like when we look at, at why is because there's this like within the industry there's sort of this battle going on right now there's self-publishing there's hybrid publishing there's traditional publishing and you know, this wave of like this argument, essentially, that's, that's happening, like, a steam, like, how should I get published? And I sort of wrote this opt-ed piece, like, let's stop breaking these, like this argument and break down really what's the model. And ultimately, what model is going to work best for the writer, for the author, and be more that kind of service versus one's better than the other, right? And so I pitched that idea and they liked it. So I wrote an opt-ed piece about I do partnership publishing, which is very that has an element of custom publishing for brands. It has an element of that we do our own concepts and ideas. If you imagine one of your favorite children's books might be from a National Geographic or a Scholastic publishing house. They come up with those concepts themselves and publish them. They're, they're kind of authorless. We do that kind of work that's been in publishing forever. But we also work with authors and entrepreneurs and we let them invest in their work so they own their own intellectual property, their IP, which is very, very different than traditional publishing. And yet what, why Amazon has grown in the self-publishing model is this concept and, and react and, and talk about intellectual property. So I kind of, I kind of talk about that in the opt-ed of like what those sort of terms mean. And I think that that really speaks to our, our, that audience, which is a, which is a book audience who's already thinking about those ways that we're, we're making content. Um, so that pitch worked. And then recently I just pitched an idea about banned books. So within the industry, 
banned books has been a huge, huge topic. Mm. I know in mainstream media, you might have read an article in the Washington Post or the New York Times and something about the banned books, uh, mouse um, in Tennessee and what's happening in Texas, which has this Texas is the largest state for banned books, what's been happening in Florida, and then also what Whoopi Goldberg said on The View. So there has been a lot of that kind of on social media and in some of the mainstream. Well, within our industry, we have been talking about banned books for a very long time. And banned books actually has a dedicated week. And librarians um, are very, very advocates of making sure their libraries are still supporting some of these very important works and banned books. So what I did is what was bothering me, though, is that I was watching the bestseller list and I was watching Mouse on the bestseller list now that it was a banned book. And I'm a granddaughter of Holocaust survivors. So I pitched this to Jim. I said, this, the distortion of history, right? When we banned a book, we're essentially like trying to distort uh, this historical narrative. And when we only allow books about the Holocaust that are honestly like uh, an Anne Frank, the diary of the Anne Frank, the hero is a Gentile, right? Is somebody who's non-Jewish. And so all of the ones that are okay for people to read, the, the hero, there's, there's a hero versus mouse is tragic and shows the violence and the reality. And so I wrote, I said, could I write an opt-ed piece on this? And within five minutes, the head of all the news within PW wrote me back an email and said, absolutely, we would love you to write an opt-ed piece on it. Wow. And wow. Because I just said, this is my, this is how I feel. Yeah. This is my family history. This is, and I wrote an opt-ed piece that recently got published. It has seen over 4,000 plus views on LinkedIn. Um, yes. And I have been pinged now from all over the industry, from book buyers to librarians to, to old colleagues that have said, thank you for writing this piece. Because yeah. one thing I wrote in the opt-ed piece was this. When I launched this business, and this is a small business podcast, I never, ever thought of myself to say, I'm a Jewish woman-owned business. And this is what I write in the, in the opt-ed piece. I never thought of that. I've been always like, I'm a woman-owned business, by women-owned, small business. But to actually come, like kind of step into this reality of that I'm Jewish and a granddaughter of Holocaust survivor is really scary, right? It's scary yeah. because of my history. So that's what I write about in the, in, in that, and I show pictures of my, um, my grandmother her, in, in the stores in Germany that were all burned and to the ground during Kristallnacht. Um, and so to, to, to say, hey, I'm a Jewish business is extremely scary, right? Because of my family history. Yeah. So that was the first time in the four years that I launched my business that I actually came out um, and wrote and kind of stepped into this fact that I couldn't be silent because of what happened to my own family. And in that, yeah. I actually got a wonderful uh, feedback, but it was really actually scary. So I guess my thing to entrepreneurs is sometimes we do have to sort of 
do things we might be a little less uncomfortable with, but I think the reward was great. 100%. I mean, I, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. That's really inspiring. It's a great testament to when you do take a stand, maybe it's contrarian. um, Maybe it ruffles some feathers. You're always going to attract the right people, right? And so in that case, you got a response five minutes later. I also love what you took, you know, using the CPR method is the relevance piece. You talked about how you tied it to what's happening with Amazon, what's happening in Texas. So I'm hearing the theme of relevance come up. And I love that you're you're now thinking in a way of not just saying, here's my business, here's my company, here's what I'm doing, but you're also adding that piece of relevance, which is so, so key. So how has like the relevance piece or maybe the CPR method like transformed the way you you thought about pitching yourself and your business? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I think for me, when you're seeing books that are banned on bestseller lists, right, I thought to myself for the first time, this feels tongue in cheek, right? And I can imagine you know, as we saw in the Black Lives Matter movement, how many people flocked to the stores and bought, made books bestsellers, right? And yet, how do we move beyond that tongue in cheek, right? And so I think that's what I really spoke to was this relevance, that if we are trying to talk about AAPI issues and Black Lives Matter and DEI work, we have to move beyond just buying a book and making it a bestseller, right? Or or watching something on or posting something on your social media channel, right? Posting a, like, hey, I'm part of this movement. Okay, well, were you part of that movement for 24 hours for a week? Or are you continually trying yeah. to do the work? And I think when you dedicate yourself to the work, you're actually going to get more media because the media wants to talk to experts, people that that mm-hmm. are doing the work all the time. And so I think my success has been like my consistency. It's amazing. I mean, consistency is key, right? Yes. And, and, and the fact that you are a conduit of information, which is also something we talk a lot about in the starter pack is you actually, you're elevating the voices of other, other um, storytellers. So you actually can offer up to the journalists and say, hey, I also have these other people who if you want to interview, like I'm happy to connect you with. So is that kind of a hack that you've tried oh, to be of value to the journalists? A hundred percent. We have a book right now called A Little Less of a Hot Mess, which is <laughs> the best title. And it's really, um, you know, dealing with anxiety. It's written by a therapist. It's a mom's guide. And Absolutely. Um, I have two now leads for her that they want her to write opt-ed pieces on anxiety. I mean, she's a real deal. And this came to just media talking to me who's on my author list. Hey, I'm really interested in in that piece. I, I also was just recently interviewed by Publishers Weekly on um, pivoting in, in COVID and how these shipping delays and things that we've been printing. But uh. they, they quoted and talked about some of the, the important books that I've published, um, some being one being um, Dear White Women, which was written by two Japanese mm-hmm. and white women, some two BIPOC women who are the founders of Dear White Women podcast. And they so and that book is like six months, seven months old, right? Yet, it, it was interesting that that's the book that Publishers Weekly has sort of looked at my press and been like, hey, this is really interesting work. And um, we'll cited in an article seven, eight months later. 
That's amazing. So it's it's about planting the seeds and having that long-term relationship because I think a lot of times and, and you know this when you first started and you joined the PR starter pack like you you know you maybe you sent some emails and you didn't get a response right away. You could have just been like, "Okay, well, this is not going to work." Right? But you took a long-term view and you kept following up. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you followed up, how you were able to land whether it's the podcast or parents or, or whatever it is? Is there has there been a time when you have landed something without follow-up? Mm. I mean, I, I, I did hire help. And I think that the interesting thing is some, some has happened in that, in, in the brand section, but I still think it's me that's pushing me. That's fine. Following up. So no, I mean, the short answer is, is that you always have to follow up. Um, but yeah. I, but I sometimes do different message, um, ways. Like for example, um, it might be that I've DM'd this reporter for, for Parents Magazine, for example. I wrote this great piece, um, I'm a mom and a publisher, and they asked me to write for them, which I'd never thought of. I was like, really? I guess that's true. I'm a mom and a publisher, and so I can recommend children's books, right? Because this is Parents Magazine, who their audience is, are parents, and their parents are looking for great children's books um, to read. And so they asked me to write a piece of how do you – choose a great children's book now great um once i wrote that they loved it and so then i followed up with them about with one of my authors to write i'm a life coach and sort of here are some of the ways that i you work on grieving right and so um and one of my authors was able to write in that same way for them and um then i recently just pinged them about another thing not on an email, but a DM because I was watching or um, the, their social media feed, the reporters, and then I was also and I was noticing what they were talking about, and I and it brought to me another concept or an idea. So I DM'd them and was like, "Hey, I have this idea about women right now in post-pandemic parenting," and she was like, "Absolutely, send me the pitch." So. I think that it's like also rethinking your angle sometimes or watching what these reporters are talking about and again, staying relevant. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's really the energetic law of like reciprocity. Like the more you put time into following the, the journalist work, um, the more they're going to be like, this person really cares. So like, why wouldn't I feature them again? Right. Uh, one of the hacks is especially as you know, because you've gotten onto many podcasts is like, at least listen to the podcast. Like 99% of people who pitch me on my podcast, you can tell they've never even listened to it. So even if you are that 1% that actually has done just 30 seconds of research that puts you like way above the rest. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm doing this really, I'm going to be a guest next week on a creative podcast. And this was really, really cool. He's a professor as well as uh, a lawyer in intellectual property. And um, we did like an, an informational interview. And it was so interesting to me that I was like, hey, also, could you send me, I said to him, two or three episodes that you would recommend I listen to before I'm a guest on your podcast. And he was like, absolutely. I almost would think he was shocked because he was never asked that question. And mm. so I also think um, it's really important too. You could also be like, Hey, I've, I've listened to this episode, but if, but this is what I'd like to talk to you about. Could you recommend a couple of episodes you would recommend? I'd love to listen to. Um, so that's yeah, been a really successful for me when I do stuff like that. 
Okay, so now you've done, you know, you've written for the op-eds, you've spoken on a podcast. Now, what if someone is is not quite ready to write an entire op-ed or if they don't feel confident as a writer? Do you have any tips about just pitching and having the editor or the journalist interview them and having them, you know, kind of use their editorial discretion? Yeah, two things. Um, I did get a really cool piece in Hadassah Magazine by uh, a writer. Um, and um, how did I do that? I honestly had a phone call with the business development person of the magazine. And we were like talking about bigger picture issues, like all this kind of stuff. And Hadassah Magazine and publishing, like what does it have to do with each other? Well, they have a book review section. And so I was just talking to them about our own authors. How do we get them in? Like just asking those questions versus me. Well, then they kind of got asked about my backstory and all this stuff and thought it was so interesting connecting me with a feature feature editor. So I think that sometimes it's just honestly reaching out to like a business development, what magazines, what other, like maybe you have a product, like a shopping bag or something that you create, like talk to them about like the product features or like the gift guides roundup. But then maybe when you're talking to them, you and you get your bag in the product guide, right? You can also just talk to them about what you do, what your business is, what your passion is. And then there ended up being a, an article about me and my family and like what draws me to, um, to, to publishing because in the end, there is not a lot of, uh, businesses like woman owned publishing businesses, especially Jewish. So the Hadassah magazine person was like, wait a second, we would love to feature you as a, because our readership is women and they would be interested that your business even exists. Right. So I think it's sometimes pitching to, to around the magazine, what's the magazine doing that they might have, what is their readership and why would you be interesting to their readership? I, I love that. And it's, it's, again, it's about, um, it's about giving value and being of service. And if you, the energy of the pitch is please be my free advertising vehicle, then they're going to say no. But if it's like, here's what I'm noticing, right? Using the CPR method, here's what I'm noticing. Have you thought about this? And then you straight up strike up a conversation, follow them on social. Absolutely. You can keep getting press after press feature. That's totally possible. And you've proven that. Yeah. So I think that that is the better way of just than hearing no, realizing like, for example, right, I really want to publish like the top 10 women uh, in publishing doing like disrupting the mold, right? But mo- all the feedback we've gotten from reporters is this feels promotional. And I'm like, how is this promotional? I'm trying to like lift up me as well as like all these amazing other women within my industry. And so now I have to rethink the angle, right? Has been the feedback. So now I'm thinking, okay, everybody's obsessed with becoming, having a bestseller, right? Everybody's obsessed with having an Amazon bestseller and they'll pay like all this money for advertising and they get their Kindle as a bestseller. But why? Like, like, is that, is that ego? Is that narcissism? Like, why are we so as a society obsessed as a bestseller? So my next angle to reporters is going to be like that, because I actually think that's an interesting article that I would read. So that's also my my next theory is like, okay, well, if they're telling you no, that sounds promotional. But think about like, 
What would be an interesting Angular headline that you would read and or that you've read kind of within this newspaper or magazine? Yeah. Yeah, and that's why installing a Google News Alert is so key, right? Because you start to marinate into your brain, like what are the subject lines? And you start to understand, you know, the eyes and ears of a journalist. So 100%. I have a, another question to ask you is, you know, when before you obviously we met and you were thinking about doing PR and now you're a media pro, right? <laughs> and now you're not only doing media for yourself, you've landed, you've also, you're also landing media for your author. So my question is, you know, what is the biggest misconception about doing your own PR and pitching? Because for a lot of people who are uh, just afraid to take the leap or they think they need to save up all this money for a PR agency, um, what have you discovered to be true for, for how this DIY kind of framework works? Um, I think that like what you have to know that like you just have to, like I think I've talked about this, you have to just set aside time so you have to set aside time and that is my biggest hurdle, the hardest thing, but like really thinking about, okay, what is in this hour? What could I accomplish? Like, could I take a Google doc and just literally write down all the different kind of headlines or angles that I'm thinking today? Could What also actually has helped is sometimes um, recordings from podcasts or or um, coaching, like I actually see a, a coach, okay? And what I'll do is I'll listen to the transcript after, I'll listen to the podcast and I'll read my transcript after a coaching session call. And then there are such good nuggets within there in that transcript. I literally will copy, paste it in a Google Doc and then start thinking about it in terms of how can I take what I'm saying and craft it into a pitch? So I guess that's my biggest advice, um, which I'm going to give a shout out to my life coach. But she, April is fantastic, has really actually been able to um, give me some real interesting in-depth way, ways of actually making pit, eight, myself a pitching angles. Actually, my opt-ed piece for Publishers Weekly on Banned Books for Mouse came out of my anger in a coaching call. That's amazing. I, I love that so much. So always be thinking about angles, always thinking about how you can be relevant, even outside of your immediate role or title, which is what you've done. And um, you've pitched stories about your heritage, your background, your ancestors, the fact that you're a mom, the fact that you're a publisher. So it just goes to show that there are so many opportunities, right, to get yourself featured. Is there anything else that you've now that you've you know done this quite a few times, anything else that you've noticed or any hacks that you want to share with our audience who maybe have not started pitching yet and they just want to get that first media feature? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you're talking, the first word that comes to mind for me is vulnerability. Um, I think that the fact is, is that we all are vulnerable and, you, you know, you, it's okay to be. And what's the worst that can happen is that someone tells you no. That is not that bad, okay? If you are an entrepreneur or a small business owner, you're going to have to get used to no's. And so I, I think, like, to be honest, I just feel you have to be vulnerable, and all humans are. And if you can just, like, own that, and sometimes when the reporter when you follow up or you can say, Hey, can you just be honest with me? Like why you didn't take this? I did get the feedback that that felt too promotional, but that feedback is what allows you then to write 
or, or think about other things. Like, so I was like, okay, I'm going to move on from this list. I'm going to not be attached to it. And I'm going to start to think about Amazon bestsellers. I'm going to go around and do a whole new thing. And because I can't speak to that because my, my books, I'm not as obsessed with the one week that my book will be an Amazon bestseller because it will and it's great. Fine. That is not the long term strategy, just like PR. The long term strategy with my books is to get it into retail, to change lives, to have people pick them up, to enjoy the cover, the smell of the paper, to create a book that's like an art form. And if that's my long term strategy, right? Then I'm not, then I can kind of talk about, well, why are we so obsessed with the bestseller? So I'm, you know, I thinking like, okay, that's interesting to me because, um, and we'll see if media isn't interesting on that and they tell me no, then, you know, what I could do is I could also write it as a blog post in my own, on my own blog to create um, SEO and probably attract clients. So I, I also want to encourage business owners to write a blog to practice that and how can that can attract clients? Cause I, I do do that. Yeah. I, I love that. And everything that you've said, right. You didn't lead with here is my company. Here's what I'm doing here. Like you're, you're leading with the idea, the topic, the insight. And then of course, in the course of the interview, they're going to ask about what you do. Right. But I love how you're not leading with that. And your pitch is not like talk about my, uh, you know, my, my independent publishing company it's, it's so much more. It's like, here's what I've learned or here's, here's what it's like, or, you know, um, how the pandemic has changed publishing. So can you talk a little bit more about kind of the mindset shift? Because I think for so many people, they still are thinking that the pitch is literally, they have to get to a certain place in their business, um, or they have to make it big in their business before they are worthy to be covered. And that's just simply not true. Yeah. Um, you know, I think imposter syndrome, right. People like to talk about that. I'm always like, what is that? Like, I mean, we all have insecurities, right? We all, we all have these things we've gone through. Um, for me, you know, I feel I'm deserving. I spent 20, I've been in the careers for over 20 years and I spent, you know, the first 15 years in a, in more of corporate environments, working for others, like doing large trade shows, you know, traveling with, while I had babies essentially uh, all over the country and leaving the babies going to go present in big corporate companies. And so I feel I have something to say. I feel like, you know, yeah. my oldest is going to be 14 years old and 14 years ago, there was no pumping stations at an airport. We literally pumped yeah. in a bathroom stall at the JFK airport or like that was it, but you didn't have, these luxury. Um, also, I remember when I got to go visit Amazon corporate, it was the first time I found a beautiful pumping room was with my second child. And I was like, wow, what is this? I'm used to pumping in court, like in a utility closet um, at the Javits Center. So like, I just think like that mind shift, had, like I'm now able to talk about it. Like even if my company, right, the Collective Book Studio is not as a hundred year old company established like a workman or an Abrams or some of the people that I really admire in the industry. Um, I, I have also worked for some of some larger companies and can kind of talk about other things about what it means to take this huge leap of faith uh, to start a business as well as the, uh, the transition from 
you know, being a young uh, career person to having children and still keeping your career and like all of those things, those are interesting to people. Like, so I think if people can kind of tell their story, it will then tell them why did they create this product, right? So when they when people start to talk to me about my story, they they actually realize, oh my god, no wonder she's a publisher. She's done all of this work in books, selling to Costco and Target and BJ's. I mean, you name it. If it has a shopping cart, I've probably sold to that account. So there's they're gonna. That's my background. So it's gonna come up yeah. naturally. Yeah, I love that. It's and it's not about you know it it's it's your story, but also why is that important, right? Is because you can help people, you can share insights, you can overcome bias or yes. whatever that is, right? So it's not just leading with your story, but why? What like why does your why does sharing your story matter? How is it going to make a positive impact? And I think I think you've hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, and that's what I tell people who want to write a book. Exactly, Gloria, what you're saying. Like people, especially entrepreneurs, oh, I want to write a book. Okay, everybody wants, everybody can wants to write a book, but not everyone's an author. How are Mm. you an author? You have, especially in the nonfiction space, which is what I do, you have to find solutions for others, right? The best nonfiction books find a solution for others. They serve. Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to put that on sticky note because that's really what I'm doing and that's what you're doing. Yeah. And we are all finding a solution for others. And if you can lead with that and not so much about cover me, cover me, because my story is more unique. It's not about your story being unique, but how your story has found a solution for others. That's so good. Yeah. You're welcome, Gloria. You know what I got once from actually um, a a publicist told me, because I was like, well, why am I not getting picked up? I'm a woman entrepreneur, mm. right? Business owner. It's time of COVID. Like everyone's talking about women-owned businesses, blah, blah, blah. And she said to me, there's thousands of you out there. Your story is not unique. And I, 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 I like swallowed my tears. I felt a little like, what are we talking about? Like I, and I said, I, I, I didn't let that bother me. I actually was like, wait a second. I am unique. And this is why. And I had to sort of move beyond like a, a woman-owned business. There's thousands of us. And, and realize what made me different was the idea of serving. I love that. So your story is important. It's unique. But you need to lead with how are you finding a solution for others. And you yeah. can draw people into your world that way. I yeah. love that. Now, we have a lot of authors, including yourself, in the PR Starter Pack. We have a lot of authors who um, – are, are wanting to get their story out there. Do you have any industry insider advice on how they can either self-publish or kind of get their books off the ground? Yeah, I mean, I am no expert in self-publishing and I'm probably a little, uh, say with self-publishing, what is your why there? Um, and I'd say, what is your why across, uh, across the board, right? I actually just wrote Um, It's coming out in June for an MFA um, and I'll send it to you, um, Gloria, when it comes out. I just wrote a really cool article uh, for DIY MFA program piece about publishing and it deals with like the different aspects, hybrid, self-publishing, traditional publishing and and why you would want to do it. And um, my biggest advice to people is that if, if you are an entrepreneur, 
and the, and the, a book is your brand, right? A book is your brand. As much as you're developing your brand, let's say you're doing a skin line care and you're taking real time to develop that skin line and make it perfect, that's what you also need to be thinking about as a book. It's not just like something you slap on a page and like load up a PDF and say, okay, I can self-publish a book. You really, my biggest advice to people is like, don't just have a family member or a best friend read it. You need to hire experts minimum to really make sure because it is your brand and you want to put your best brand, your, your best self forward. Ooh, that's so good. I love that. Now you've done so many things and you're very accomplished and you, in doing so, you've also built your own community. What is your goal for this year? I want to talk about your specific PR goals. You've been able to share on so many podcasts, share about your motherhood story on parents, on you know industry. So what else do you still want to land in terms of media features? Well, you know, I'm going to use the word Forbes, okay? So I was so <laughs> obsessed with Forbes, I think when I joined your group a year ago about, and I thought that's what I wanted, what I wanted. And I pitched Forbes all different angles, and I've gotten uh, Forbes feedback and multiple opportunities to be on Forbes Council and pay for Forbes, and I've refused every single one. I've determined that when it comes to Forbes, I deserve to be there and I don't have to pay for the article. I could have paid for the article yes. six months ago, guys. Okay? Yes. No problem. Seriously, you can take Gloria's class, you can come up with a great pitch. Forbes will Forbes will totally publish you. You'll just have to pay for it. So why I'm saying this on this podcast is this. I finally, through my life coach, I actually let go. I was so angry. I was like, oh my God, this was probably two months ago. I don't understand. I can't earn a four. I can't earn fours. It's been almost a year. And she was like, what are, what are, why are you so obsessed with this? And I was like, I don't know. I think I just want the logo on my website. I think it's really great. And that was the same thing about an Amazon bestseller. Like, why are you so obsessed with this? Like, who, what is it in your ego? And as soon as I let that kind of concept and said, you know what? Forget it. Let's, let's not, I'm not going to spend any more energy there. I got business insider, earned media, earned media yes. and business insider because, which felt amazing. I got, I, I loved the article. It was for small businesses that there's, they have a small Yay. business, business insider like feature. The reporter was great, but I didn't even get that concept or open my brain to pitch them because I was so focused on Forbes. And then I think though right now I want to, you know, of course I'd love to be in like fast company. We're growing. We did, we were just shy a million dollars last year at the collective book studio. So Woo! I know. Thank you. So, um, you know, these, there's some like $1 million goals, $2 million goals and things like that, that I'm like really set on to get so that I can get on fast company. Um, I'd love to be on Huffing women, women, Huffington post, um, motherly, I think it's a great, um, is a great, Oh, that should be, yeah. You should pitch that right away, especially <laughs> since you've been on parents. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's some really yeah. good, um, places that I, I, I have my site set on 2022. Um, I really would love to get some local media, some arts and culture stuff. Um, in San Francisco Chronicle cool. would be a dream. Um, so I continually am trying that. Um, but I also want to, I think for me in 2022, it is diving into arts and culture um, because mm -hmm. um, we're so obsessed with, 
you know, YouTube and TikTok and whatever else is on our phone. But how can we like really preserve arts and culture in a different way through the book? Um, And I think I can kind of speak to that through my authors and what we do. There's your angle there. Now you got to dig into the starter pack and start pitching. I love it. <laughs> so, I love that angle. So really, you do good because I've been. I just started to talk about that this week with the team. Yeah. Preserving our preserving arts and culture in the age of TikTok and 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 fast uh, fast social media. Ooh, can I get? Okay, wait, wait. You got to put that in the chat. That is definitely an angle. Yeah, preserving art and culture. culture. Yeah, the age of TikTok and fast uh, fast social fast media. Social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I love that. Well, you've been an incredible member and inspiring leader in our Facebook group, in our PR community. I'm so glad that the universe put us together and I'm so impressed by the work that you're doing. And uh, for anyone that's listening who may or may not be thinking about publishing or maybe want to know a little bit more about what you do, how can they find you? Um, so really easy. I actually do manage um, my Instagram with someone else, but I, I answer most all the DMs. My myself. It's really important to me. So that's just at uh, the collective book studio. And then I'm also really active on LinkedIn. So we can put that in the show Mm -hmm. notes. And I love LinkedIn. You can definitely DM me there, connect with me there. That's so nice and generous of you. That's awesome. Thank you so much. We're going to have to have you back on the show after you land all of those things that you talked about because it is absolutely 100% doable. I mean, remember when you didn't get even one press feature and now you're like, "Mm, I want all these. So everything you imagine is real, okay? Everything you imagine is real. You got to press that send button. So thank you so much for joining us and inspiring us today. Thank you, Gloria. Hey, small business hero, did you know that you can get featured for free on outlets like Forbes, The New York Times, Marie Claire, Pop Sugar, and so many more, even if you're not yet launched or if you don't have any connections? That's right. That's why I invite you to watch my PR Secrets Masterclass, where I reveal the exact methods thousands of bootstrapping small businesses use to hack their own PR and go from unknown to being a credible and sought after industry expert. Now, if you want to land your first press feature, get on a podcast, secure a VIP speaking gig, or just reach out to that very intimidating editor, this class will show you exactly how to do it. Register now at GloriaChowPR.com slash masterclass. That's GloriaChowCHOUPR.com slash masterclass. So you can get featured in 30 days without spending a penny on ads or agencies. Best of all, this is completely free. So get in there and let's get you featured.